0: And now,
2: it's 10 a.m. Let's just get down to it. And it's time for your sports fix. Strap yourselves in, folks. From two guys who have covered the teams you're passionate about for years. We are professionals. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5-1280 The Zone. Powered by Kslsports.com.
3: Jake Ben 97.5 seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Jake Scott Ben Anderson Ben. We made it. We're here. We're both here. We're downtown. We had kids to drop off and snowy roads to navigate. And here we sit. Nicer. sir DJ and PK to go a little bit long. Give me a little bit of time. It's good, but I would have been here actually. I would have been. I would have made it. It so. is nice when the the show before you is understanding and and will help. I'll give you, me you know. 15, 15 seconds or so. <laughs> Whatever you need. Whatever you need. Uh, we were just talking off the air like. I, I I complained about something with snow removal this morning. I'm sure everybody out there is, is, has complained a little bit because it, it snowed a lot last night. Sure. It snowed this morning and, and commutes are, are difficult. But uh, we were just saying, and it's really true, there might not be a better, I, I about said city, but let's, you know, the, the entire Wasatch Front. There. Sure. But no, it, when it comes to snow removal, there might not be a better spot on the planet. Honestly, we're pretty on our game. If you've gone to other spots in the country – and seeing how they deal with uh, removing snow, we, we got it down, Ben. yeah, no, absolutely. They, uh, they've got a good system going. So we moved uh, when I was a kid, we moved from Utah to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I remember the first time it snowed in Charlotte uh, when we were when we lived there, Ben because we had we had kind of a long drive to school like mm-hmm. it was all the way across town. It's a long story, but but we had to drive all the way across the city, and uh, we got up. It was snowing a little bit out there, but we're from Utah. Whatever. Get in the car. It's fine. Drive all the way to school. Ben, I'm not kidding. It was a darn ghost town. Like not, not a car in the parking lot. So we, we drove back home, Now, and in, in we're used to in Utah, right, where they'll do the radio uh, the the radio reports. So like sure. Like if you grow up here right. and there's snow outside, right. the first thing you do in the morning as a kid is- KSL News Radio. Pop onto KSL and think like, fingers crossed, yep. here we come. Right, right. School closures. Yeah. Well, we go back home in Charlotte, spend the day at home, go to school the next day. And you know, my mom uh, goes in and talks to somebody at the school and is like, "Hey, uh, what's the deal? Like, you came all the way out here? What? What?" Uh, and they're like, "You came all the way out here? <laughs> like, what's the what? What's the matter with you?" We're like, "Hey, we turned on the radio. We right. didn't hear. You know, didn't hear anything. Didn't hear anything." And they're like, "Oh, well, There's an inch and a half of snow outside." <laughs> they're like, "If it snows, you can just go ahead and assume that, cancel that everything's closed down." It was like, "Okay." You hear about Atlanta. Good to know. Dallas. Yeah.
1: I mean Dallas last year really got hit hard. They had that whole that was freeze. Bad. But like yeah. Atlanta will get a half inch of snow and they're like it's Shut the, down apocalypse. the city."
3: <laughs> my brother lives in uh my brother lives in Colorado and uh, in a small mountain town in Colorado, not South Park, but uh lives there. And they don't use salt in Colorado. Huh. They use gravel instead? No. No, that's a bad idea. And so, I guess the idea is to give more traction on the the. Yeah, but the gravel doesn't the go gravel. away.
0: The salt goes away. I was going to say so, you, what, you
3: build up like a, a just a gravel layer. I, yeah. I was I was shocked about this. So they your freeways <laughs> are seven inches taller by the end of the year. At least where my brother lives, they they only plow the snow down to a certain point, so like down to like a quarter inch or half inch or whatever, and then dump a bunch of gravel on it. That's hmm. what they do, and it it it. It didn't seem effective, in my opinion. I was like, well, just dump a bunch of salt on it. What are you doing?
0: I've got buddies who are from Oregon. If it rains enough, they'll cancel school yeah. up there. And when snow huh. happens, it's yeah, nothing. all
3: hell no chances. So shout out to the guy or gal who's, uh, who's pushing plow this morning and listening to a little Jake and Ben. Thank you for what you do and being so very good at it.
1: I, I wonder if last year, because, A, we didn't get very much snow. And because there are fewer people on the roads because of the pandemic, if there was a, a reduction in the number of plows that are out there. So if it'll just take a little bit of time to get back to kind of the infrastructure we'd had for so long where it seemed like those guys were on top of it. Those women were on top of it up early in the morning and getting going. I wonder if it'll take a little bit of time before we get back there. And then speaking of snow days, we've probably seen our last snow day, right? We've gotten so good at doing classrooms via Zoom or whatever. There's no canceling school. There'll be online school, I bet, going forward. But I bet you kids are not going to have this, you know, miracle day off in the middle of the school year like we all used to enjoy. I bet you we're all going to online class, which is awful.
3: That is the worst. Uh, Another way that kids are getting the shaft these days. Man, snow days were the best. They were the best. Now, granted, we are so good at at handling snow in this town that... I think I had one snow day in yeah. my entire school career because I'm I love how heartless we are about that. Like, correct. there's a foot of snow outside. Well, deal with it. I know. I put my we'll kids in. Yeah.
1: I told you I had to get new snow clothes for my kids yesterday, and, yeah. and I got them after work. And sure enough, and we, we showed up to school 20 minutes late, and I thought, and my kids are climbing up these stairs that have not been shoveled. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah, six inches of snow up, uh, up by where they go to school. And I thought, why am I doing this? And then I thought, you know what? Build some toughness do will be a little yeah. better for it, but you're right. We uh, we're pretty ruthless when it comes to snow.
3: We are. I think it. I want to say twice in my career as a K through 12. I think we huh. had snow days. The U was great. I went to the U, and they used
1: to cancel classes all the time. So buses over? wouldn't run. They just, yeah. just don't come in. Don't worry. That about was it. nice because the teachers kind of have carte blanche on that. They can. If a professor decides I'm not coming to class, they'll just cancel class. So instead
3: of running outside and building snow forts and stuff these days, kids have to sit in front of a computer. Sweet. It's brutal. That's great. Brutal. That's just wonderful. The best news ever, we got a snow day, I'd help the old man clear the driveway, and then it was like, I'm off! Yeah. It's too bad. Got the sled! Yeah. yeah! Right. <laughs> nope. Get your books. It's class time. Oh, uh, good. Well, that's great. Anyway, glad snow's here. We, we could use the, we need uh, it. the moisture, we need and, uh, you know, <coughs> winter around here is great. Beautiful. It is. It I'll is be ready beautiful. for it to go away on, you know, January 2nd, but I love it right now. All right, Ben, and we have basketball to talk about. But rank, rank Utah's seasons mm. from best to worst, Fall? according to Ben Anderson.
1: Fall number one. I mean, this is probably boring because it's great that we get these winters, but then it really does get inconvenient. I Let me split up the winter season into pre-Christmas and post-Christmas, so we actually have five seasons. Fall, pre-Christmas, spring, summer, post-Christmas, winter. You know what I mean? So the winter after Christmas through... Spring or up until spring is certainly the worst that we have. January, February, March for the dogs. We don't need them. Nobody wants those. But leading up to Christmas, right now, this is this is the best time of the year. I mean, the, the songs
3: even say it's the greatest time of the year. All right, I I think you're off, not way off, but let, let's get to. Like I'm the decider on this. Let's get the hatch. Okay, you're the arbitrator. Of other times, it's true. I've I've got the correct answer, but hatch. Rank the seasons. I'm, right. I'm actually, so I'm a little bit
0: opposite of Ben. I spring's number one for me. Okay, I'm a big fan of spring. Falls number two. I will just winter is three. Summer's four for me. I am not a guy who you likes don't like the heat.
3: Heat. Okay. I had no idea that Hatch sniffed glue before uh, <laughs> before coming into work. I didn't know that was a thing. Hey, with I you. had an easy driving this got morning. Snowden to start after I got it. Oh so yeah, that's right. You got here early. Some rubber cement in the passenger seat. Just okay, get what's yours up in the morning? Okay, the the right answer is fall number one. Fall mm-hmm. one, no question about it's it. Fall And for here every is,
1: reason, a this year we had the most beautiful fall of all yeah. time. But football's back, basketball's back. Like
3: it's fall. Awesome. Answer. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Summer's number two. Okay. There's so much to do around here in the summer. It gets a little bit hot, but honestly, you could just retreat up the canyon and it's lovely. Sure. Right? So yeah, Jake. Summer. Yeah, summer, you know, the winters uh, are
1: tough, but if you go to Puerto Rico, it's gorgeous. Summer If you're just
3: escaping from the town... <laughs> summer is... T- it's like... I leave at the mouth of, of Mill Creek Canyon, Ben. It's like five minutes away. It's like, oh man, it's 98 down here. Well, in five minutes, it's going to be a balmy 85, so... Deal with it. Fall, All right. So fall summer. one, summers two. You're gonna say winter three. Aren't winter you? is three, and spring is a distant four. Oh, really, distant, oh, distant like a four. If you grew up playing baseball okay, in that, Utah, you hate spring. Okay, I get that part. Spring of it can't make up its mind. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's delicious one day and snowing the next. Yeah. Baseball tryouts when you were a kid were the worst because it could be nice. Or you could be hitting pitches in 25 degree snow yeah. where you want to cry your hands hurt so bad uh, after one foul ball. And then the coaches are like, well, suck it up. It's Utah. Get in there and take a cut. You want to play or not?
1: That's why I never trained out for baseball. That and I wasn't any good at it.
3: Soccer? It, I, my brother grew up playing soccer. Oh, I yeah. remember going to his stupid Saturday morning, 8 o'clock soccer games with three inches of snow yeah, on the Durin field, and it's like, it's what are we doing? And then May rolls around, and you think you're out of it, and then it snows again. Uh, David James says summer is number one, so there you go. Well, yeah, DJ's a California guy. They talk to PK, too. They, they I know. The yeah. It, it, yeah, they love the heat. I get it.
1: What, did I rank it second, or do I rank it third? I went fall, spring, summer. I could switch summer and spring. They're, they're
3: sixes. It's the only season around here I actually dislike. Spring? That's grim. That's dark. Well, thanks, Ben. I'm
1: yeah, not trying to- you I'm told me trying... my months were wrong. You told me I didn't know.
0: Spring is wonderful. Ben, I do have to say, you splitting up winter is actually a genius idea, yeah. because
3: pre-Christmas winter, Great. totally cool with Great. it. Great. Yeah, but the skiing's the best in, in post-Christmas is winter. It? So, yeah. Typically, okay. sure. Yeah, but like, I just, way better. I don't, don't skiing okay. that much anymore. Post-Christmas skiing is great. Okay. And spring skiing, hey, here's something for spring. Spring skiing is great. And it's something that you can do here that you can't do in very many places uh, on the planet. So, there you go. There's my, my compliment to spring. Basketball, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here to do, is talk about basketball. The Jazz World... The 76ers, with an unbelievable second-half effort again, uh, Ben. They had eight players in double figures. Eight. I don't know. I was trying to think if I've uh, how many games I've seen that have eight players in double figures from one team, and I can't think of another.
1: No. You know, they, I think last year, one couple times, they had four players with 20, which is a crazy number also, you know, to be four guys who are on, on. But, yeah, eight players with 10 points or more, and for the most part, everyone shot the ball well outside of Jordan Clarkson. Everybody was really on last night. It was... That was a fun game. I was very surprised watching that game. The first half felt about like I expected. Jazz made a little bit of you know breathing room for themselves, but really couldn't separate. And then the second half again, and this is what they did on Sunday against Cleveland as well, or not against uh, Cleveland on Sunday. Uh, what was their last win? Minnesota, two Minnesota, nights ago. Yeah. Excuse me. We're starting to run together. Uh, they just blew them out in the second half. And it was, you know, if you're a Jazz team, if you're a Jazz fan right now, this is this is a very fun basketball team to watch come into its own. Because as Quinn Snyder has said a lot in the postgame shows, Jake, and you've, you've heard him say this, you know, this isn't the same team as last year. They're not, quote, running it back. They're similar. He said they, it again last night. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of similar pieces, but they are not, quote, running it back. This is a different team that's trying to accomplish some different things. And I think you're, you're starting to see it all come together. I think you're seeing, uh, you're seeing Quinn Snyder test some stuff, and it's pretty fun to watch.
3: It is fun to watch. And the defense was good last night, too. I mean, we'll get caught up in the offense because their offensive rating right now in this win streak is like 125 or something ludicrous where they're just, I mean, that's, what, Ben, 10 points? 10 points better. Better than the the league average or the next, well, the next best offense is like five or six points behind. I mean, it's, it's pretty remarkable what they're doing offensively. But, I mean, in the second, third, and fourth quarters, respectively, to hold Philadelphia to 22, 22, and 20 points. It's not bad.
1: No, it's unbelievable. Uh, and look, they, they were smart. I thought Quinn Snyder actually had maybe his best coaching game of the season last night. I thought there was some weird strategy that he put in, which he doesn't always do that. Now, there's strategy. Don't get me wrong, you scout and you you know, you, yeah. you get ready for a game. But I thought there was some gamesmanship, and I, I tweeted it out yesterday. I, I felt like there was a few times when there was a nine-point lead for the Jazz and it got trimmed to two, and you thought, okay, Philly has some momentum. This is a good time to call a timeout, second night of a back-to-back. And Quinn did the opposite, because he said, I don't think Joel Embiid can run very long like he's coming off of a pretty serious bout of COVID he said on the broadcast last night he thought it was gonna kill him like he thought it was close he thought it was touch and go for a little bit he hasn't gotten his wind back he's just a big dude as it is he's 280 pounds and so the Jazz just said well no let's just keep running even the game goes from 10 to two Let's just run the next play and let's see if we can get up the floor quickly and make Joel Embiid run after us. And by the third quarter, he had to check himself out of the game because his side hurt. His, he was cramping because he couldn't run anymore. And I think that ended up being you know one of the major differences in the game.
3: I thought Rudy really responded. And obviously he was responding to the Patrick Beverly comments uh, and Anthony Edwards comments from the the previous night. He talked about it. I mean, it almost dominated the whole post game again. Uh, and uh, and he was great. Seventeen of twenty one. I just like to minor criticism to Rudy because I love it that he responds to the negativity. I think it's great, and he responded with a terrific game. But he also responded early in the game, Ben, with a possession where he was just going to. It, it was Rudy time. Correct. It was it was Rudy time, and it was one of the ugliest uh, possessions of basketball that I've seen. You've got to figure out a way to appropriately respond. And to tie in yesterday's conversation, part of the reason that Rudy draws so much heat from others is because of possessions like that. It's not his game. No, and
1: Hassan Whiteside fell into it a couple of times, too. Yeah, He scored his first opportunity. He got the ball back and kind of pushed uh, Joel Embiid around and got a little push shot over him. And then, like, for the next three possessions, Hassan was like, it's ISO time. So I don't know if the Jazz came out and were like, yeah, you know what we should do? Challenge Joel Embiid. Go to work, boys! <laughs> back to the basket yeah, game. I don't know. Uh, but otherwise, they were... They were brilliant. You're right. Rudy Gobert ended up with a really nice night: seventeen points, twenty-one rebounds, a couple of block shots. He just he did exactly what you needed to. When it was plus seventeen on the floor in just twenty-nine minutes? That was nice. The Jazz didn't have to play anyone over thirty minutes on the second night of a back-to-back because they were running away with this thing and they've uh, jumped out to a three-and-zero start on this four-game road trip. That I had told you before, I thought would be successful if they went two and two, and they've already guaranteed themselves a better record than that and seem to have all the momentum going into uh, into Washington tomorrow. Afternoon. Yeah, I,
3: I see no reason why they couldn't beat the Wizards, but then again. I don't know why the Wizards are good this year. I'll have to dive a little bit deeper into the Wizards before tomorrow's game because I don't know how that roster is.
1: Uh, and, and you know what? They've actually fallen apart, which is so the. So there you go. Yeah, they're, Predictable. Uh, they're two and four in their last six games. All right. And really, if you were to go back like 12 games, it looks like they are five and seven. So they're falling apart. They are living up to the expectation that we had for them. They've had a couple of close late wins. You know, they beat Detroit to snap their three game losing streak losing streak. Now, Detroit's awful, but I think that game went to overtime, and Kyle Kuzma had to hit a, basically a butter, buzzer Oh, that's free. right.
3: Yep. So. And LeBron tweeted out about it. And he gave the bird to a fan, apparently. He did. He flipped off a fan in
1: the fourth quarter, and then hit a three in the exact same spot after the, where he flipped the fan off uh, to win the game. But, I mean, that's against Detroit, who's not a very good team. They've only got four wins this season, and they had to go to overtime to beat them. So, Jazz should feel pretty good about having an opportunity to win this game. But again, like I said, I think this is uh this is gravy at this point. You win this game, you go 4-0 on this road trip, you're great, but I don't think you need it to prove that you're great. The last three wins that you've had, and really the last four overall, have probably been some of the best of the season, and maybe in order, if you were to rank them, I think last night might be the best win of the year.
3: Oh, this is undoubtedly has been the best run of the season, for sure. I don't. I mean, not only the the, the result, but the way they're playing is just, off the charts I mean, donovan mitchell himself the way he's playing is off the charts and i thought donovan you know we've, we've talked about how he has the responsibility to kind of diagnose games i thought the way he did that last night was really good early in the game donovan was dominant ben yep very good yeah exactly what his team needed second half donovan didn't need to be donovan uh didn't mean need to be dominant dominant donovan dominant donovan and he let everybody else do the work and they blew him out
1: yep No, it's good. Sometimes I think he does need to be the wake-up call for the Jazz. He needs to be the person who kind of gets the engine started. And then once it gets going, it should free up everybody else. You know, it should draw some attention. It should loosen up three point shots for Mike, for Royce O'Neal, for Boyon Bogdanovich, the lob for Rudy Gobert, and I think he did see all of that. And then the bench came in and gave you really good minutes. We talked about Hassan's first stint being pretty miserable, but Hassan Whiteside was I mean, he was dominant in the third quarter. We do have? Twelve points, I think, in the third quarter alone? I mean he was, really, he was good. really good. He had fourteen and ten in just fifteen minutes. So he's it's been funny to watch his career because, you know, there were the comparisons between he and Rudy. Gobert when, uh, when Hassan was in Miami and people were kind of debate like, who's going to be the next great center? And Hassan really never kind of became a great center, but was so productive, it was kind of hard to ignore what he was doing. But man, you watch him play and it's really funny to see how accidentally productive he is. He's just so big And the ball just kind of comes to him because he actually kind of has a a natural knack for just being in the right place at times. So Joe Ingles threw him a lob. He caught a ball off of a saved inbounds or a saved save on the sidelines that he put in for two. He gets a lot of offensive rebounds. He's a pretty good help side shot blocker. Obviously, that's why he's been one of the best shot blockers in the league for a while. He just he finds a way to impact games. And yeah, he had 12 points in the third quarter on four or five shooting and five rebounds. Like you get that from one bench guy in one quarter, that's enough to win you a game and it, you know, the third quarter was why the Jazz won.
3: Yeah, you mentioned yesterday, you mentioned a couple times about how Hassan had misconceptions about who the players on the Jazz were, including uh, probably most notably Rudy Gobert. I thought it was interesting they did their uh, media together. Last bo- night. their are buddies. Yeah. yeah. Buddies. They are buddies. Yeah.
1: I think the Jazz were trying to get out of uh, the arena quickly. But, yeah, they did, did it together. And you know what? If they didn't like each other, they wouldn't do it together. Yeah.
3: Well, and he kind of stuck up for Rudy, too, when he was uh, asked about the Patrick Beverly stuff. I thought Joe's response to Anthony Edwards' comments were pretty funny.
1: I mean, it was almost identical to what we said, <laughs> right? I mean, that was exactly what we said was probably the case yesterday that... There's a decent chance that Anthony Edwards went against Kristaps Porzingis once, got his shot blocked, and missed a couple of layups, and was like, "This dude, this guy is amazing. Might be the best player on earth." <laughs> Nope. No, he's not. But that's exactly what he said. And and this is what Joe Engel said after the game. Let me see if I can pull it up. He says, for Edwards to say Porzingis is more intimidating than Rudy is hilarious. They obviously don't watch enough basketball, which is exactly what we said. We said maybe he doesn't watch any film. And that certainly seems like it ended up being the case. But good for Rudy. I think, as Hassan Whiteside said, Rudy's taking the high road. Uh, He's trying to keep his mouth shut. Hassan Whiteside, after the game, compared Rudy Gobert to the quiet kid in class that you just kind of continue to pick on because he doesn't hit back. But he's bigger than everybody. Like, he's really not going to push back. But even Rudy, after the game, uh, in his walk-off with Holly Rowe, said, I never take shots on anyone, but I just do my job. I come in every night. I think when you're the best in the world at something, people become insecure. I think he's exactly right. And I'm sure it's hard for him to not be more petty than that. But I think he's right. Well,
3: Rudy's had his moments. Let's not pretend oh, yeah. he's always taken the oh, high road. I mean, no, did I you look remember? his Instagram story. You know what? I didn't see oh, it. Maybe we'll watch it during the break. Yeah, no, I was I was talking about his his post game uh, where he was talking about uh, who wasn't about that life. Ben.
1: Yeah, Miles Turner. Miles Turner. Oh no, this is a this is even more of a low blow. <laughs> is it really on
3: Instagram? Oh, Let's see if it's still up. I'm eager to see it. He could have taken it down. Was it? It was that bad? So he really didn't take the high road. No, he didn't take the high road at all.
1: No? (laughs) Not on Instagram.
3: (laughs) All right. Well, I can't wait to see it. Uh, It is Jake and Ben. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. We'll get into some college football coming up right around the corner, right here on 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.
2: With a blowout victory over San Diego State, Blake Anderson and the Aggies have brought an improbable Mountain West Conference championship to Logan. Logan. Now the Aggies prepare for a showdown against Oregon State in the first ever LA Bowl in SoFi Stadium. Your home for the best coverage of Aggie football, Aggie football, as well as all the play-by-play action is right here on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
3: Chicken Man 975 1280 the zone. I want to remind you about our friends of Mickey Couture. Uh Mickey Couture wants to help you this holiday season with the perfect gift. Stop by any location from Ogden to St. George, mention zone fifty and save fifty percent. It's a no brainer. Get in today, save fifty percent, uh, and get the best gift ever from Mickey Couture. I got a text from my boss, Maddie, this morning. Oh, boy. and she said uh, what's you still the Mickey code? Oh,
1: What's the deal you and Jake had on the show? Hey. So I hope uh, none of her family's listening, because I think that's what
3: she's getting you for Christmas. Yeah, hey, way to go, Ben. Way to blow that one. I don't think her family lives in Salt Lake. Okay, so you're all right. Yeah. Well, she's going to knock it out of the park with a gift, because that really is. It is a no-brainer. Uh, Mickey Couture. All right, Ben. Let's let's talk a little uh, Oregon coach search, which, of course, uh, involves Kalani Satake here locally, as he interviewed for the job on Wednesday. John Canzano, who writes for the Oregonian, has done a nice job, kind of reporting on the behind-the-scenes stuff, Ben, and it is truly a fascinating dynamic. And I've uh, it it absolutely involves something that you've talked about this week involving Oregon. Are they a brand? Are they a program? Yes. And the the battle between the two is apparently what's going on internally huh. now. Uh, Here's where Kalani comes in And this is just what Canzano has to say about Kalani Uh, He says, BYU coach Kalani Satake interviewed with Oregon on Wednesday. Per a source, I didn't get the impression the Ducks were wild about this one. The whisper is that either Satake didn't interview well or expressed some hesitation about leaving BYU. I would be surprised if he's the pick for this reason, but we've seen stranger 180-degree twists. He says, a note, the Oregon legislature passed a law in 2009 that requires the state's public universities to interview a, a qualified minority candidate before making a hire. And uh, Satake would, whose Tongan fulfills that requirement. So he was the
1: first Tongan head coach in college football, right?
3: Correct. Yeah, which is awesome. Correct. Um, so, so there you go. That's what uh, Canzano's update on Kalani is. I would guess it's the latter as opposed to the former when it comes to. I would, I would guess that Kalani interviewed fine. Yeah, <laughs> knowing what we know about him, right? Uh probably showed some hesitation about leaving BYU. I'm sure, he likes it there,
1: and I think understandably so. Yeah, I right. think they're in a good spot. and I think it's probably going to be – he has an opportunity to win. He's built something also really well. Now, it's not like he would be taking over a bad program in Oregon. Oregon's very good, and they'd be ready to win right away. But it is a certainly high level of expectation stepping in as well, where you've got to be a top-10 team over the next couple of seasons, or you would be at risk
3: of losing your job. Now, here's where the, the infighting comes in, Ben. And this is so Oregon, because the the infighting is about two bad candidates – so they're going to make a bad hire regardless, which is probably good for Utah if they want to win the conference more often, that Oregon doesn't make a good decision here. Because you know what? Kalani would win an unbelievable amount of games in Oregon. Yes. Like, he would have that program uh, in in tip-top shape. Almost, I mean, I would guarantee it, knowing what we know about Kalani. But here's what's happening, Ben. Uncle Phil, your guy, Phil Knight. <laughs> My guy.
1: He, He's put a billion dollars into the Oregon program, they're saying a billion with a B with a B. He's donated a billion dollars to Oregon
0: and they haven't won anything. That's crazy. But, and let's clarify one thing. The billion has gone to the university as a whole, the vast majority of it. They're going to the athletic department. Yeah. They haven't won anything.
3: Yeah. But maybe the, the money kicked, kicked to the chemistry department. Maybe they're doing it. Um, ben, so Ben, uncle Phil, yeah. he wants to bring the chipper back. Okay. Say so let's let's the glory go, days. Let's go get Chip Kelly. Well, when I was young, <laughs> Chip Kelly was the guy, <laughs> and I'm sure he had a great relationship with Chip because he probably handed Chip money and money. said, "Hey, go get a recruit with this." And Chip said, "Aye, aye, get me Willie Lyles on the phone." I can do that. You mean Will Lyles? I call him Will. Is it is it Will? It was. Remember the whole thing. Oh didn't yeah. know, You call him Will. I maybe. call him Will. Yeah. That's right. Do you remember when he released or Oregon released what? like I can't remember they paid 25 grand or something right and and they released what they got for their 25 grand and it was like a couple of sentences on players
1: and like some still yes, photos. it was awful. It was so horrible awful. recruiting investment
3: for uh, <laughs> under the table. Yeah. Info. So Uncle Phil wants Chipper back. Now here's where the divide is. Uh, Justin Wilcox the current Cal coach is from Eugene Ben. Not only is he an Oregon alum But his family lives in Eugene, he's from Eugene, and his family is well connected with the alum and booster network at the University of Oregon. Now, internally, the struggle is they feel like it's become too much of a brand, too much Nike school, lost the family feel, lost the... the, University what University pretend to be about it's no longer about that it's the Nike school right and they're saying oh you hired Willie Taggart and Mario Cristobal and that didn't turn out well so the 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 brand Oregon is failing so it's time to get back to our family roots and Justin Wilcox is the guy and so now they're divided Uncle Phil donates a billion. What does he get for his billion dollars? Does he get to hire the coach? Or are they going to get back to their Oregon family feel roots, Ben, and hire Justin Wilcox, who is perhaps a terrible coach? Don't forget the crash scenario, though. Do you know what the crash scenario
1: is? Are you a fan of the Oscars? You're probably not a fan of the Oscars. So, a few years ago, the movie Crash. I remember. You saw it? I did. (laughs) The two favorites, I think that year, I could be wrong on my movies, but I think the two favorites to win the best picture that year, I could go back, were Brokeback Mountain and Capote. And they were kind of the two overwhelming favorites to win. It might not have been Brokeback. It might have been something different. Those are overwhelmingly the two favorite movies to win. What happens? They end up splitting a majority of the vote. And the third movie that comes in and gets in third place here is Crash. And Crash sneaks up and beats both of them as the best picture winner, even though nobody, nobody thought Crash was the best picture that year. Nobody thought that. I could be wrong, but I think those are the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those okay. Those are the three. So,
3: the nominations that year, Crash. Crash. Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback. Capote. 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 Good Night and Good Luck. Which is fine. And Munich. Wow, you know what? That was an unbelievable year good for movie me. Here. Those are all good movies. In fact, I would put, actually, I never, honestly, I never saw Brokeback Mountain.
1: Oh, really? I don't know if I ever finished Munich Amazing I should watch film. Munich. It's a, oh, it's, it's amazing. Got some film. Sports
3: ties too. Yeah, I should watch a, Munich. It's a huge downer. There's a lot of killing, but that's a really great movie. Good night and good luck. is amazing. Also good. Uh, Capote is amazing. Really good. Wow, Crash really shouldn't have won that year. Correct. But I get but your that's point.
1: That's the thing. I mean, they, they Ross Perot it Remember, like yeah. George H. W. Bush probably should have beat Bill Clinton, but enough Republicans went with Ross, Ross and it allowed Bill to get the win. Th- th- is there a chance Kalani Sataki is Bill Clinton? Or the movie Crash? Uh, Is there a chance he ends up being where they saying, well, 40% of us want... We're hiring someone else. We're going to go. We all like Kalani. He's not our favorite. But Justin Wilcox is Phil Knight's number three. And Chip Kelly is the AD's number three. And Kalani's everybody's number two. So we think he sneaks Uh, up in the middle and we offer him the job. I would keep an eye on that scenario. Okay. I'm not saying that's what my gut tells me. But you hear the guy who I didn't interview particularly well. We really like these other two candidates. There might be some jockeying, some three-card Monty going around here where the when they finally lift up the cup, the person sitting underneath is Kalani Satake. This may if be, he wants
3: it. Oregon, honestly, this may be an example of of a real problem that's only getting worse in college sports and why I would never want to be an athletic director. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, Ben. Too many. Oh, oh man. Donors?
1: Do yes. Oh, well, here's the problem now. It's not just the people above you, though. The kids now are going to have a huge impact, too, because they're getting invested in, because they can transfer right away. Yeah. I mean, we see college basketball coaches hired all the time because their kids are good. We see assistant coaches come in. Oregon State's head coach got hired. Now, he is actually a pretty good coach, but he came in because he was bringing his son and like his son's best friends.
3: Oh, Utah, Larry Kruskoviak hired that dude from Puerto Rico because of his son. Right. Oh, rhyming I mean, Rylan Jones. Uh, we talked to uh yesterday. We talked to uh, Quincy Lewis. He right. was the high school coach for the LP3.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it happens. It's a big deal, and and we we've seen that quite a bit. But, so
3: I mean, let's say uh, you're a car dealer, Ben, Ben Anderson Toyota. <laughs> All right, and okay. you you see uh, a a good running back, and you say, Hey, I'm going to give you fifty grand, Yeah. fifty grand, and I've got it uh, in with the coach. That uh, you're going to be... Anyway, point being, you're paying the star player 50 grand. All of a sudden, your opinion matters. Correct. Like, how would you like that star player to still be here? So, uh, Ben Anderson Toyota thinks you need to hire the chipper. Right. All of a sudden, you have to listen to Ben Anderson Toyota. Correct.
1: No, it's a lot. If you're you're an AD, that would suck. There are a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Now, luckily, Phil Knight is kind of of among executive chefs in in college football Phil Knight is up there. You know, Apparently he's among not. the top 3 or 4. Apparently but not. it is funny that they're like, well, he's 83. How long can we how long are we going to listen to him? <laughs> how long are we going to listen to old Uncle Phil before we decide we're going
3: to we're gonna mute him for a little while. If, okay, here's the thing. It would be one thing if the other alum were right. You know what I mean? It'd be one thing if the candidate that they were propping up there was the right guy for the job for the right reasons. But because he's from Eugene is the stupidest reason to hire a coach in the, in the world. Because his parents are part of the community. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right. But it'd be one thing if they were like, no, 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 no. don't go back to Chipper. Are you crazy? Hire Kyle Whittingham. Correct. Correct. It'd be one thing if they were they were propping up a candidate that was actually right for the job, and be like, "Hey, wait, oh, Uncle Phil, you're way over your skis on this one, dude. You, you can't see the forest for the trees. You're fo- so focused on Chipper. Trust me, Kyle's the best hire, or Kalani, or whatever. But they're like, no, no, let's go with Justin Wilcox because you know what? He was born down the road. What's the best case with Chip Kelly as far as like the
1: length of his? How long does he coach? He's only fifty eight. So it's not like he's ancient by any means, but he doesn't feel like he has five years He'll coach three, Ben, because he'll he'll win seven games a year and get fired. I think you're exactly right. I think that's the problem with him. I don't think there's any actual upside there, but I do understand why Phil Knight wants a bang for his buck. And the last time he was getting a legit bang for his buck was when Chip Kelly was there. So he's going to default going back to that. Chip Kelly's four years younger than Kyle Whittingham and feels like they just have two... Totally different energies as far as their their ability to go on. Now I don't think Witt's doing it for three more years, but just like the vibrance, the 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 energy behind it feels totally different. But Utah's really
3: good, so maybe that changes it. I don't know. If I'm Oregon, I'm well. Anyway, they're going to make a bad hire at head coach, so that's probably good for the rest of the league in some ways and bad for the yeah, rest great of the for league. Utah. Yeah, if you want to win the league, it's good. I mean, if you want the league to return to national prominence, it's probably not. They I mean, should the, hire Kalani, it's amazing
1: No, no I, I, I'm I, with you, they're looking to gift horse in the mouth You've got Kalani, who has connections in the school Knows how to deal with Nike Is going to win games, is going to build a program Is not just going to come in and try and do the Nike thing He will build an actual program He's a house And he's a house and will have success And he's good looking enough to coach on the coast He's got it all And they're going to say, well, w- did Justin
3: Wilcox played here Justin Wilcox was a coach once here <laughs> Justin Wilcox has been slowly drowning at Cal for four years now five years now yeah I, I'm with you Ben
0: okay
1: buddy grew yeah, up down the road yeah Hi-ya. go with Justin good hire oh cool hire nice hire and Justin
3: Wilcox good job and you know what's you know what uh, and I just thought about this. You know what Hey, he,
1: you want the guy who works at a really hard school to recruit to and swept the Pac-12 this year and has done nothing but put players into the NFL and turn a program into a, a, a minor league system essentially for NFL talent? No.
3: No, we want Justin cuz he played here. <laughs> you know what's funny about it though, Ben? Is forever it took them it took them forever to start. Not not not, not just start, but give Justin Herbert a scholarship let alone giving him a, an opportunity on the football field because they couldn't fathom that a good quarterback actually came from Eugene. He wanted to play there. He walked on there. It was like his dream. And they're like, well, that this is too that, easy. He can't be good. There's it's no smart.
1: way. Again, but that's what they're doing. They're doing the same thing with Kalani Sataki. He might want this job. He's got connections in the state. He recruits really well. He wins. He Puts players in the NFL. He's got a
3: relationship with our biggest brand already.
1: No, no, it fits too well. <laughs>
3: Something must be wrong here. Well, and not to mention, he's showing loyalty to his current job, which is, last time I checked, actually a virtue. But but Oregon's going to take it as well. He doesn't want us bad enough. And it's like, wait, what?
1: What? No, this is crazy. This is the the Kalani's
3: lack of name being thrown
1: around for these jobs is crazy. And
3: I wouldn't take the UCLA job if I were him. Probably no, definitely not. If UCLA, if if Chipper leaves and UCLA comes after Kalani, I don't that. If I'm Kalani, I go somewhere where I'm set up for success, and I don't think that's UCLA.
1: If, if he was dying to get out, he would have done everything he could to, quote, interview well in yeah, yeah. Oregon. And right. if it's true what John Canzano's saying, that he didn't interview well, it probably means his heart's not in it. Right. Because what other, you know, other than USC, what other West Coast job would be more appealing than that? None. But Ben, Oregon wants somebody who's desperate
3: for the gig want you to want us. They they want somebody that's desperate to coach at Oregon, which of course Chipper and Justin Wilcox are because, you know, their current situations
1: suck. Yeah, they want out. They want more money and they want out.
3: They both should have been fired this year. Is there an argument to be made? Sorry, Ben, I know we're way over, but is there an argument to be made that Cal was the most disappointing football program in the entire country this year? They're up there. I mean, Arizona's hard to beat, but Arizona wasn't expected to be good. No, Cal, maybe it's just me feeling bad about myself for getting duped at Pac-12 media day, but I was like, well, maybe this Cal turns on to something. Who did Arizona beat this year? Cal. Cal. It's their only win. Who's Cal's quarterback, Garbers, who's finally yeah. like, hey, have, yeah, you, but- have you seen the record with Garbers plays? Cal's going to be great. Who
0: are you, David James?
3: Yeah but exactly thing, it took it, it took cal having
0: like half their team for arizona to beat sure it, let's be clear and about still that. it does not matter
3: cal is terrible they, they were terrible this year they did they, they were bad quick hire that coach and listen, I have patience, the patients for coaches that are rebuilding and don't start with a whole lot. So you look at what Cal, you know, even though Sonny Dykes had some success at Cal, you go, okay, I'll give, give Justin a little time, give a little time. I do like that Cal beat Oregon State and
1: USC this year. <laughs> That's a very good definition of the Pac-12. Lose to Nevada, lose to Washington. You know, lose to the some of the worst teams Arizona? Nah, we beat uh, Oregon State, who's actually pretty good And USC, who's not good, and wasn't playing Anything in the last game of the season, but My goodness.
3: I'm shocked That Oregon hasn't said, quick Give me Clay Helton on the phone Let's hire that guy Clay had more success at USC Than Wilcox has had at Cal What's your guess? Who, who's it going to be? Oh, they're going to hire the chipper because They're going li- to right. listen to Uncle Phil
1: and I they're going to do it I think you're going to hire Chip. He's a band-aid he- He'll get you three seasons of bowl level play. He'll be a top 25 team most of the time, but I don't think they go anywhere with him. No, I don't
3: either. Again, three years. He'll win seven games a year and he'll be out. Because you can't do that at Oregon, Ben. Stay tuned. More Jake and Ben next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.
2: This. Is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. From the Rose Bowl bound University of Utah football team, Clark Phillips. One of my biggest fears as a former football player, I wouldn't want myself to sink into, oh, we made it to the Rose Bowl, but want it to more sink into, no, 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 we want to be Rose Bowl champions. How do you make sure you avoid the complacency of, hey, we made it to the Rose Bowl. You know, we got strong leadership on the team like we already do. Like Devin Lloyds and Amika Tafoos, all those guys contributed to just being leaders on this team and, you know, really help keep the team culture strong and keep the right mindset. Because throughout the season, we told ourselves, hey, we're going to be 22% better. you know. And there were certain things said that that kind of propelled us and kept our mindset strong throughout the season. I feel like this is going to be another couple of weeks where we're going to have to continue to tell ourselves, hey, we're going to go out there and we're going to be champions. We're going to win this whole thing. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5-1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLsports.com.
3: Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 uh, The Zone. want to remind you, this week's Las Vegas Raiders game on the Zone Sports Network against the Chiefs is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raiders debit card. All of the same great features and benefits, now with the silver and black. Learn more at americafirst.com slash Raiders. Uh, ben, you're, you're not really a, uh, a hard luck type of dude. Uh, I would guess but have you ever had a situation where you've really been riding high like something really good happened and then almost immediately it went badly like you thought you had the the brass ring you thought let me
1: think back on my very recent history of life let me think about the last four or five years of my life you
3: know what I have had one or two Uh, one or two of those moments. Where all of a sudden, in just a blink of an eye, it's gone. Everything you thought you were working on is gone? Yeah, it's happened
1: a couple of times.
3: Okay, all right. Why, yeah? So you can relate. So last night, and I'm sure you saw this, uh, so Purdue this week is number one yeah. in men's basketball for they made the it. first time in program history. It's good for Purdue, the Boilermakers. The whatever. first yeah. time in program yeah. history, Ben. So then they go out there and uh, they're going to take on the four and four Rutgers Scarlet Knights and you think all right Purdue's just going to mop the floor with them and keep this uh, train on the tracks keep it rolling Ben Ron Harper Jr. hits a half court that Ron Harper son of that Ron Harper okay. hits a half court shot at the buzzer for Rutgers to win seventy two sixty eight do we have the call. All right, Hatch is, uh, is looking up the call. But Purdue, riding high, going up against the Scarlet Knights, thinking, yeah, let's keep it going. And then this happens.
0: With 3.4 to go, get it to Harper with three, with two, with one. Harper for the win. Got it! Let's go! Let's Ron go! Harper Jr. Let's go! The game winner at the buzzer! Let's go! And Rutgers upsets number Let's one go! Purdue, 70-68. Let's go!
1: Let's go indeed. Settle down, What would it take to get Ron Boone to do that? To do like, that? Uh, <laughs> it has nothing to do with Basketball.
3: Oh, no, you would have to get like a double eagle or something Yeah, of right. course. Yeah, right, right. yeah. You get an albatross. Yeah, yeah, there'd be
1: a giveaway at the Jazz game and Ron got included. Like,
3: yeah. <laughs> you, could get, <laughs> Let's go. you could get Booner excited for something like that. But it's not so, going to be anything the Jazz do. It's just one of those things where like, yeah, number one. Living it
1: well. They may if I remember correctly, they Purdue makes a layup with three point seven seconds left to take the they lead. Did, yeah. yeah, and you're like, okay, no timeouts. They got to go to the to the floor. We've arrived. Number one is here, and then you lose on a half court shot. Kind of split
0: a double team. He double clutched it. It was a forty footer. Yes. It, yeah. It was yeah. okay,
3: but it was a prayer.
0: No, it was I a mean, prayer. No, oh, yeah. He, he did, just yo, wasn't like he abs- No, he didn't. It was not a. I'm going to shoot this. He was double clutching, trying to get a shot up, and it goes in. This wasn't Steph Curry, where
1: he gets to set his feet. Who was it? It was the Utes, I want to say maybe five years ago. I think they lost to Oregon State. They let a kid... Go forty five feet and dribble into a wide open three. Like oh, I remember that. The game. one thing yeah. you cannot do yeah, is like not force the guy and, to change and direction. Let him do his thing. Yeah, like know. the one thing you can't let somebody do is dribble into a shot because every kid has done that their entire life. Yep. You've gone. To, you've counted down in your driveway, walked into a pull up, and imagined the shot. If you make them change direction one time, go to their offhand one time their odds of making that shot probably go from 30 to 5. Right. Like, immediately. And the youths were like, fall back! Everybody! <laughs> Prevent defense! I don't we're going to go in and make in the it. hoop. Yeah. Nothing. Whoops. But even last night, yeah, Purdue actually did the right thing. Like, they double teamed him. This kid gets stuck at half court. You're right, Ron Harper Jr. has the double pump in the air, splits the double team, and then throws it in. And that's, that's what's great. I do like that there doesn't seem to be... Like we kind of thought there was going to be a clear cut favorite team in college basketball this year. Everyone thought it was going to be Gonzaga. They started number one, crushed UCLA, and then got beat by Duke, and they're still good. They've only lost one game, but it they've doesn't, lost two actually. Oh, got, they lost two they now. They got beat by Illinois. If oh, excuse I'm mistaken. me. Well, see, I stopped watching college basketball they until we uh, get to BYU and and uh, and Gonzaga. But they uh, we we haven't seen this number one team that's clearly running away from everybody, and that's that's fun. It doesn't end up trending all that well for March, but it does maybe make some upsets early in the season, which will be fun to watch.
3: Poor Purdue. Or per not if you will. Do you
1: think it's fun to be like a Purdue fan? No. Like, is that a good... Do you think Purdue fans look the same way at Utah,
0: though, or BYU? And they're like, no. Well, how about this? It's their first game. They've never been number one in the polls. Yeah, first game, and it's over. And then they lose on a buster beater, which, by the way, was the first... Win for Rutgers in program history over a number one team. Oh, I'm sure.
3: Rutgers is terrible at everything. No, here's why Purdue gets one player once a decade and has one good team in football and basketball, and then that's it. And then they're just terrible for the rest of the decade.
1: Purdue NCAA team championships. They've won three national titles historically, one in golf in 1961. A women's basketball championship, which I don't remember that in 1999, and another golf one in twenty ten. And they've never done anything else.
3: <laughs> That's a random spot to have a good golf team. Yeah, it is
1: weird. Yeah. That West is really weird.
3: Lafayette. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Indiana. Re- you would think the weather wouldn't be good enough to have a good Every
1: golf team. Every fifty years they have a championship level golf
3: team, nineteen sixty one and two thousand ten. No, but they get like they get Drew Brees and they're good for a yep. year.
0: Yep. And then they're, they're not Joe freaking Tiller for like a decade. Never did anything.
3: Uh, who was uh, who was it? Was it didn't the big dog go to uh, go to Purdue? Antoine? No no, 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 no. He's
0: Kansas. No, the real Glenn Robinson. Dog. Oh, Glenn Robinson.
1: No, he was. Was he Purdue? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm pulling, I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling up NBA players who played at Purdue. Carson Edwards, who plays for the Salt Lake City Stars now. Good for Carson Edwards. He hasn't quite turned into the guy. Uh, Carl Landry. He was okay. You're right, Glenn Robinson. There you go. Number one overall pick out of Purdue in 1994. It's pretty thin. It's pretty rough. That's – I didn't – you know, you kind of respect Purdue. They have arguably the best mascot as far as like just like the uniform. Just that huge head is hilarious. I love that guy. There's nothing else
3: going on with that school. Nothing. At all. That's crazy. So would I rather be a Utah, BYU, or Utah State fan for that matter than a Purdue fan? Sign me up. Easy. Yeah. That's Easy breezy.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. And, uh, and it's like every sport other than maybe golf. Even then, BYU golf is good. Utah golf's occasionally okay. Mm. I mean, mm. they're not as good as hey, winning a championship every 50 years. Like Utah Purdue. golf
0: had a really good season this past year. Yeah, they made, made it to the second round of the NCAA. <laughs> you,
1: want, you want me to hit you for questioning me? Otherwise, I know. no, they've been good. Hey, they well. won a Rose Bowl in 1967. How about that? And the Peach Bowl and the Blue Bonnet so Bowl. So they won more Rose Bowls than Arizona? And the Liberty Bowl and the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. They won the Alamo Bowl a couple of times. Actually,
3: they've won a Rose Bowl more recently than Cal, right? What year did you say that was? 1967. Wasn't Cal's in the
1: 50s? Man, if you're 60 years old and you're a Purdue fan, life has been easy. You've seen two golf championships. You got a Rose Bowl. A women's basketball a title. Women, a women's basketball title. You're on an easy street if you're a Purdue fan Ooh, who's 60 it. plus years old.
3: Life is good. (laughs) You've seen the glory times. (laughs) You might be in the glory times, the heyday of Boilermaker sports. All right, stay tuned. More Jacob (laughs) Ben coming up. I'm sorry. We're going to check in with our guy Trevor Allen, who covers the Utes for KSLSports.com. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 the Zone. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do